Welcome to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. For free rankings, player values, waiver wire tips, and trade advice, follow him online at dynastyfreaks.com or email dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. Hello and greetings from Austin, Texas. Welcome all of you Dynasty Freaks. Admit it, you're addicted to Dynasty. I am too. My name is Justin Christopher and I am a Dynasty Freak, which means I love drafting and trading and scouting and managing all of my teams 365 days a year. So to use, let's talk some Dynasty on episode 189. Just going to review some trades. Thanks, by the way, for the week off last week. Sorry that I didn't uh, post a podcast. My wife and I were in Omaha, Nebraska, cheering on our Longhorns in the College World Series. Unlike most years, we were quickly eliminated, so that was no fun. But had a little vacation last week, spending time in Nebraska and Iowa, and so I didn't record a podcast. But back again this week, um, and we're kind of hitting that dead zone period. Uh, the dead zone period between OTAs, NFL training camps, not much to news to report on. So I thought that I'd take a chance this week just to look back at the trades that have taken place in our leagues, particularly all the trades that have taken place since the rookie drafts. So really over the last about six weeks, most of my leagues have already had their rookie drafts. And so there's been some trade activity that's taken place afterward. And so I thought that I would report on those. Several of these you'll see that I made. Uh, so I've been the one that's been active trying to make these trades, but other managers have been active as well. So let's talk about some trades that have happened. I'll give my thoughts on the players and which side of the trade I think was. And for you as a Dynasty Freak, hopefully it helps you get an idea about what other Dynasty Freaks think about the value of these specific players that you might have on your rosters as well. First trade that happened uh, was uh, Terion Davis-Price was traded straight up for Jacoby Myers. So Terion Davis-Price for Jacoby Myers. In this league, uh, Davis Price was drafted as the 25th pick in the rookie draft, which is pick 3.1. Um, that's where I've seen him drafted for the most part in a lot of the dynasty leagues that I'm in. He was drafted right around there. But I actually have him ranked far lower in my rookie rankings. Uh, he's all the way down to number 38 uh, in my rankings. I just didn't like Terion Price's or Davis Price's uh, college film and really his lack of production at LSU. Uh, but most dynasty managers really liked his landing spot with the 49ers which is kind of interesting because I feel like there's actually two distinct ways that dynasty managers think about uh, Davis Price and the 49ers. So one way is to believe that the four, you know, he was drafted by the 49ers who have, you know, a history of making late round running backs fantasy relevant and that he'll, you know, play and they also will play whichever running back they like regardless of their draft capital. But the other way to look at it is to believe that he was drafted by a team that rotates their running backs and has already had a crowded backfield including one other late-round rookie breakout from last year, that being Elijah Mitchell. I fall in the latter, latter category of those two, uh, so I really like the Myers side of this trade just slightly more than the Davis Price side. Um, in a league where we have, in this league, there's three uh, starting wide receivers and two flex spots, and so that, you know, given that is the case with all those positions to be could be filled by receivers, Myers really could be a you know kind of a last player in a starting lineup. Uh, for the, the manager that picked up Myers. He did average 9.1 uh, points per game last season in this half PPR league. And I do think that Devontae Parker's presence in New England is going to definitely decrease Myers' opportunities now that Parker's there um, in New England. But still, he was targeted more than Kendrick Bourne last year, and so I think he's really going to be the wide receiver two role with a quarterback in Mac Jones that's just definitely going to improve uh, after just a rookie season. So Slightly like the Meyer side of that trade. Well, get this. Next next one, we're going to need to talk the 49 running backs because the next trade was Tyler Algier was traded for Elijah Mitchell straight up. 
Now, speaking of Elijah Mitchell and the 49ers, uh, the same team that traded for uh, Davis Price then traded away Elijah Mitchell. The trade for Davis Price uh, made a little more sense if he was trying to like just secure a share of the 49ers backfield by having rostered both, both Mitchell and Davis Price. But now that he's traded away Mitchell, I think this manager showed what he expects. He really expects that Davis Price is going to win the job in San Francisco. I don't think so, but it's, it's possible, and this manager really thinks so. Um, I like Mitchell, the Mitchell side of this trade, um, really, really about quite a bit in this case. I'll almost always side with the what I have seen versus what I've not seen, and I did see you guys saw it too. You saw Mitchell become an every week fantasy starter after week one last season. I do like Algiers' college film and his production, and after I have him ranked higher than most analysts, I have him in my rookie rankings as ranked number eighteen. But still, even though he's unproven, he's unseen, whereas Mitchell is seen in his fifth round draft capital makes him very replaceable in next year's draft because I think the Falcons are just going to continue to work on their re- rebuilding plan. He could very well be replaced. Um, I'm excited to see you know, what Algier, if, what he could do. Maybe he's going to become this year's you know, Elijah Mitchell like he was last year. I believe it's definitely in the realm of his possibilities for him. But I'd much prefer to roster the guy who I already know was last year's Elijah Mitchell, and that is Elijah Mitchell. Uh, I'll take the bet on what I've seen uh, more than what I haven't seen there. Next couple trades are what sums that I made. These are all interesting. They're all like straight up trades. So I traded Zach Ertz, uh, traded for Zach Ertz, and I gave away Albert Okwebunam. So I gave away Albert O to get uh, Zach Ertz. If you listen to the podcast that I did do two weeks ago before the College World Series, I listed Zach Ertz as one of my 10 players that I'm trying to acquire in trades. And so the last few weeks, I put my money where my mouth is, and I've traded for Ertz twice. You'll hear me the next one here in a minute. In this league, I have Dallas Goddard as my starting tight end in the league, but I have kind of some growing concerns about his target share in Philadelphia, particularly after they traded for A.J. Brown You know, during the NFL draft. Um, I think his target share is going to go down uh, just a little bit, Goddard that is. And so on the other hand, I think that Urch's targets are really going to tick up, particularly after the DeAndre Hopkins news, after he was suspended for the first six games of the season. I'm not really concerned about Trey McBride cutting into Ertz's playtime because it's taken, you know, it takes time for tight ends to develop in the league. And Ertz has already done this once before. Remember when Philadelphia drafted Goddard, Ertz was able to hold off Goddard in Philadelphia. I did trade away a younger tight end um, that does have a lot of upside right now with the addition of Russell Wilson um, and the loss of Noah, Noah Fant. Uh, but I made this trade um, to give me just a little edge this year. And uh, next year, you know, I think it might be a year or two before Trey McBride takes over for Ertz. Ertz. But at the same time, when I was more willing to give away Albert O, because he could also be replaced in a year or two by Greg Dulcich, who I like more than most uh, analysts and, and dynasty managers as well. He was my second rate tight end in this class. So I like this move for me just to provide a little uh, backup behind Goddard. I imagine actually that I'll be starting Ertz over Goddard um, often uh, during during this next season. Ertz, I think, is going to get more targets than Goddard now that A.J. Brown is on Philadelphia. Next to Ertz trade, uh, I traded for Ertz, and I gave away Melvin Gordon. And so I made this trade uh, offer for Ertz right after the Gord- right after Gordon signed with Denver. I offered Gordon to the manager who had Javante Williams on his squad, thinking that he may appreciate uh, locking up Denver's backfield. Uh, he immediately accepted, especially since he had TJ Hawkinson as his uh, starting tight end. So he's got that taken care of and, and was more willing to give away an older Ertz. To, for the security of Gordon, but more on that in a moment because the, the next trade involved that team too. In this league, I do have George Kittle as my starting tight end, but I have some concerns 
uh, are actually growing for him a little bit too, uh, given that he's likely to have Trey Lance passing the ball to him, you know, instead of Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, I, I believe that Ertz is also going to out-target uh, Kittle this year. Uh, Kittle, you know, he's still going to have more blow-up games and big plays, and I think will be in my starting lineup, but Ertz could be very consistent on a weekly basis for me. Um, I plan on, I had plenty of running back depth in this league too, so I was able to give away Gordon. He was pretty expendable for me. So I traded away Gordon uh, for Ertz. Naturally, I like the Ertz side of both of those trades. <laughs> without goes without saying since I'm the one that made them. This next one was a big one. Christian McCaffrey and a 2023 second round pick for Javante Williams, A.J. Dillon, and a 2023 third round pick. So it's Christian McCaffrey, CMC, and a second round pick for Javante Williams, A.J. Dillon, and a third round pick. Pretty spicy one here. Uh, the team that traded away Ertz, uh, you know, that I traded, that traded me Ertz so that he could have Gordon as a handcuff, he was actually the one with the exact same team that actually traded Javante Williams. So uh, he no longer has that backfield uh, locked up, but now he has Christian McCaffrey instead. McCaffrey's really moved around in this league quite a bit over the last few months. I sold him at the end of last season. Uh, my McCaffrey trade was for Elijah Mitchell, Rashad Bateman, and pick 1.12. So uh, this is the one league that I still have a rookie draft that's upcoming. We do it over uh, Labor Day weekend right before the season starts. So it's kind of fun to have that one case. So I traded away CMC for Elijah Mitchell, Rashad Bateman, and 1.12. And uh, now Christian McCaffrey's on the move again in this league for a pretty big deal. Javante Williams, A.J. Dillon, and a third-round pick. I think this one's close. Um, and, you know, as much as I love McCaffrey, I think I'd probably prefer the package side of this deal. It's close. And, then you know, the new uh, CMC manager was right to get back a second-round pick in, in addition to this. Um, kind of, I'm sure that that second round swapping the second round for the third round pick was really what got the the deal done. I think bottom line for this one on me, um, I like having two running backs instead of one with uh, Williams and Dylan, and then more so, we think that Williams and Dylan still have yet to hit their dynasty peak. Um, I do think that's true. Their arrow is definitely pointing up. Particularly, I think it's going to be pointing up even more as this season gets underway. In contrast, McCaffrey has hit kind of his dynasty peak already, although it was the highest of peaks. He's already hit it, and so the arrow is slowly moving down on him. So very close uh, close deal right there, but I think I would like the package side of those two running backs for the one, even though you had to get both second and only got a third back. Uh, pretty pretty spicy deal. Two more to talk about here. Uh, next big trade was another one of mine. It was Tyreek Hill and Daryl Williams traded for DJ Moore and Daryl Henderson. So two Daryls in this trade. Tyreek Hill and Daryl Williams is who I received, and I gave away DJ Moore and Daryl Henderson. I negotiated this trade shortly after I took over an orphan team with DJ Moore on my roster. You know, I value DJ Moore far, far less than most managers, so I put him on the trading block just to see what offers would come in. One manager quickly contacted me. After several direct messages back and forth, we finally struck uh, this deal. I was really happy to get an upgrade at wide receiver, uh, even though Hill, you know, Makes my team a little bit older, you know, by giving away uh, Hill for DJ Moore, or giving away DJ Moore for Hill. Makes my team a little bit older. I do know that uh, Hill's older, and I don't think he's going to be as productive in Miami as he was in Kansas City. But still, I feel like this is a significant upgrade to have Hill on my team instead of Moore. And he's also, you know, going to play with what I consider to be a better quarterback, even though Tua's got a lot to prove. It's definitely an upgrade from the quarterbacks in Carolina, no matter who they will be. Um, I do value Henderson more than Williams, so I felt like I lost a little bit in the running back here, but I was really willing to downgrade you know, players that were on my bench to upgrade to get someone who's going to be in my starting lineup every single week in Tyreek Hill. 
I was actually pretty excited to see Williams sign in Arizona to be the backup to James Conner, who actually gets hurt often. I still feel like Williams, uh, is, I still like Williams, even though the coaches up during OTAs really praised Eno Benjamin, and they also drafted uh, Keontae Ingram. I still think it's Williams' job to lose at the backup there. The only way that I think I'd regret this trade is if Cam Akers cannot return for the Rams, because if that happens, then Henderson becomes a starter for the Rams and would become a starter in fantasy lineups, and it's no longer a bench player for a bench player. I give away two starting players for one starting player. I think that's the only uh, way that I would lose out on this trade. It's certainly something that the other manager is undoubtedly hoping for. Speaking of Cam Akers, he was involved in this last trade that I'll mention. It was Cam Akers, Terion Davis-Price, Rashad Bateman, and a 2023 second-round pick for Tony Pollard and Jalen Waddell. So a pretty big, pretty big trade there. Tony Pollard and Jalen Waddell were traded for Cam Akers, Terion Davis-Price, Rashad Bateman, and a second-round pick. Here's another trade that's utterly dependent on Cam Akers' health. If he returns to start for the Rams, I think this trade's pretty close to even. If not, it's lopsided the other way for sure. Jalen Waddell is the best player by far in this trade. And it's, you know, often, you know, you just look at the winning side of a trade as the one that got the best player in that case, that would be Jalen Waddle. That said, uh, he did have to give up a lot to get the best player in the deal. Uh, this is a 10-team league only, and the team that gave away um, gave away the package part of this deal um, is kind of a middle-of-the-pack team. So I, I would predict that this pick is going to be probably around maybe pick number 15 in a, in a draft for that second-round pick. Um, that's an essential piece of this trade really given that the 2023 class is so loaded. Additionally, we're moving this league to Superflex next year in 2023, and so that makes this draft class, the 2023 class, even deeper because quarterbacks are going to be pushed up in there. So that was a significant part of this trade, being being able to get that second-round pick in, I think is probably what made it uh, more even, particularly if Cam Akers does come back. I do believe Pollard's going to be more involved in the Dallas offense next season, but I don't think that Dallas is ever going to move on from Zeke Elliott in favor of Pollard. Uh, so, so Akers, you know, if he returns to his starting role, is a substantial step up from Pollard, I believe, if he returns, that is. And you guys already know, if you follow me, I like Bateman more than most managers and most analysts, uh, so I don't see a huge drop-off between Waddle and Bateman, uh, but it's, you know, it's significant, but it's maybe less significant in my eyes. Waddle's currently my eighth-ranked wide receiver, for instance, and Bateman's my 27th, so pretty good drop there, but still love Bateman and his upside uh, for Baltimore, too. I think it rightly takes. I think um, it takes a big package to try to buy Waddle right now, and that's exactly what happened here by this package deal: Cam Akers, Terion Davis, Price, Rashad Bateman, and a second-round pick. Uh, that's the price of Waddle getting. I think the price was right in this side of the trade. Hopefully, there's going to be some more trading. I know I've got several offers out there. Had to do a little group me uh, notifications to some of the leagues that are a little less active, and tell my friends like, hey. Be a, be a dynasty freak. Stay active 365 days a year. I've got some trade offers out there for you. So still some players from my list uh, two weeks ago that I listed the players I'm trying to trade for. I'm still trying to in many leagues. So hopefully we can report on more of those. I've got some ideas of some other things I'm going to do on the podcast during this dead zone. So I appreciate you uh, giving a listen and sticking with me. That's a wrap for this week, my freaky friends. Thanks so much for listening. Make it a two-way conversation anytime by contacting me at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. That's dynastyfreaks with two E's. I'm much better on email than I am on Twitter, so that's the best way to contact me. I'd be honored if you if you'd take time to rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. That would mean a lot for me as an independent podcaster. Thanks for listening. I do appreciate your support. I do want to become your most trusted independent voice in the Dynasty landscape. Until next time, you know what to do. Go out there and get freaky. 
Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. We welcome your thoughts and advice. Let us know what you'd like to hear on the podcast or see on the website to help you dominate your league. Justin prides himself in responding to every email, so hit him up anytime at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com and follow him on Twitter at LonghornJustin. Justin.